Hey, this is Stephen Brown, lead pastor of Greater Bethlehem Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much for joining our weekly podcast. We pray that today's message is uplifting and encouraging, even challenging. Enjoy the message. John chapter 4. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. Notice we got the new setup. We're testing out this new setup. And so your pastor is attempting to pivot to make sure I'm more engaging and uh, not as short. Amen. (laughs) John chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Here is the word of the Lord. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Amen. Amen. We're going to put a tag on this text and preach from the topic. I live to worship you. I live. worship you. Father, we pause now to say thank you. Thank you for this moment that we share. Father, as we celebrate women, but ultimately give glory to you. And Father, I pray that in the midst of the chaos of life and the uncertainty of our future, Father, I'm asking that you would release your presence in this place. And permit us to experience your peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, encourage us on today. There's someone who is watching or listening. And Father, they need to hear that there is a Savior. And that as we receive his gift of salvation, then we'll discover what life is all about. We thank you. We glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Type in the comments section, amen. Type a hallelujah, glory, or or just say right on. All right. Whatever you want to type. Amen. Right on, brother. All right. Here's the big idea for today's sermon. Jesus brings life, and that life is best lived worshiping Jesus. Jesus brings life. And that life is best lived worshiping Jesus. Jesus' earthly ministry was characteristic of many things, but one in particular is of him engaging people. Everywhere Jesus went, he was engaging people. Didn't matter the type of people, men, women. 
healthy people, sick people, religious people, unreligious people, lost people. And in all of those encounters, Jesus gave them something to consider. Here it is. How he could grant them access to really live, to really experience life abundantly now and then eternally with him later. Remember, this is our series entitled Live, Nothing More, Nothing Less, Nothing Else, Jesus. Jesus. On last Sunday, on last Sunday, we met a man named Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Today, we meet a woman who is unnamed. Nick, if I can call him, that came at night, searching. The woman comes during the day in the heat of the day, avoiding. Nick was religious and and had status and, and had stature. The woman, she was from a despised nation. No status, no protection. Nick was a trained theologian. The woman for today was untrained. And basically, she was living based upon information she had heard. Two different and distinct individuals. But I need you to hear me, beloved, when I say, but they both needed Jesus. See, this is what I love about Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what your pedagogy is. Doesn't matter how much money you have. All of that is sacrificed because everybody needs to meet Jesus. Type in the comment section, you need to meet Jesus. You need to meet, you need to have an experience with Christ that can transform your life now and ultimately. So the question before the house this morning is, where do you fall this morning, beloved? Where do you fall? Have you hung around some Jesus peeps long enough where you've heard the gospel, where you've heard what Jesus can do, but you've never made a personal public profession of faith? Are you living daily without purpose or peace? Because you still, ah, God, you're living for things that you think matter. You still haven't found what you're looking for. There's still something that is tugging at your heartstring. See, we try to find satisfaction in everything but Jesus. And I'm here to let you know, you can still have fame, notoriety, and acclaim. And still have a void on the inside. A void. In your soul. It was St. Augustine, the African theologian, who put it this way You have made us for yourself, Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Let me say that one more time. He says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until it finds rest in you. Beloved, there is no rest apart from Christ. There is no purpose apart from Christ. Even if we gain all that the world says that we should and can, our soul will still be restless. Elsewhere in scripture, Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ. 
Paul says, life equates to Christ. Ah, that's why our topic for today is, I live to worship you. But due to the brevity of time and longevity of this text, I'll be teaching from John chapter 4 all week. We're going to pick up on Wednesday evening with the conclusion of this message. But on today, I simply want to highlight something. I want to highlight this conversation with the woman. I'm not going to read all that I've read, but in, in John chapter 4, 1 through 10, we discover that this woman teaches all of us how we can be longing, lost, but completely unaware. She, she teaches us how, how we can believe to have everything together. But once discussions begin to take place, we'll discover we ain't got nothing together. Oh, beloved, there, there are certain details in the narrative that are parenthetical, that are just side discussions. But there are other things in this passage that are of great significance. Notice in your, in your text, it says, she comes during the day to draw. It's right there in your text. It's right there in your text. She, 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 she comes to the well. A woman of Samaria came to, to draw water. Now, I did a little research, and I discovered in Genesis chapter 24, verse 11, it says this. It says, at evening time, watch this, the time when women went out to draw water, he made the camels kneel beside a well outside the town. Did you catch that? See, it, it, we, we learned that drawing water, it appears to be the task of the women of that era. It was reserved for the women. And that task was fulfilled in the evening, which is perhaps why no one else is present when this woman comes to the well. And yet she comes during the day to draw, avoiding. Give me a drink, Jesus says to her, because his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. How is it that, that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? Just hearing who she is, a Samaritan. It should ring bells for those Bible readers who have ever read Acts 1 and 8. Here it is, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus communicated that the gospel had to go through Samaria. So the woman knows what she's heard, but she doesn't know Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm coming down your block. That's, that's why this series is so important. Y'all, we have bits and pieces of information that we've heard, but we've never made the encounter with Christ. I'm here to let you know you can have some of the answers or even in your mind all of the answers, but if you've yet to meet Jesus. So Jesus he approaches this Samaritan woman. These Samaritans were mixed race, part of, 
uh, part Jew and part Gentile and grew up out of the Assyrian captivity of of the 10 northern tribes in, in 727 B.C. They were rejected by the Jews because they could not trace their genealogy. So they established their own temple, their own system. They did what they could. And yes, she is correct. What she heard. Jews didn't really deal with Samaritans. But see, Jesus never follows the cultural limitations. Help me preach up in here. He never never gives in to peer pressure. His encounters have purpose because Jesus' timing is perfect. He, he dodges her sarcastic response saying, I can't believe you asked a drink from me and you. But then Jesus counterpunches with a statement to pique her interest. Look at verse 10, if you will. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, And and who is saying to you, give me a drink? You would ask him, and he would give you living water. I need y'all to, I need y'all to get this in your mind. You may say, Pastor, I've heard this, this teaching many, many times. I've read this verse many, many times, but oftentimes the Holy Spirit will give you a new revelation that you've never perceived before. See, Jesus is letting her know that he is in fact. The gift, the one, the one who can actually give her her heart's desires, desires that she doesn't even know she has. He's the one who can grant her deliverance. He's the one who can grant her forgiveness, acceptance, peace. All of this is wrapped up in a relationship with Christ. Somebody type live in the comment section. Come on, type live, live, live. That's what this series is about. Live. And with most of us, we can identify with this woman. She, she, she gets caught up on a tangent and allows it to distract her. See, when she hears water, she thinks liquid. Oh, help me teach this somebody. When, when she hears water, she thinks liquid. When Jesus speaks water, he means living. Oh, God, I feel that by myself. See, see, don't forget about Nick from John chapter 3. Nick, oh, he, he found himself in a conversation with Christ. Jesus tells him he must be born again, born from above. And then Nick responds in confusion, how can this be? How can these things be? So in both instances, get ready to write. Confusion leads to a deeper conversation. See, that's why I love Jesus Christ. The Lord knows how to take a principle, a a promise, an, an issue, and he knows how to allow us to go deeper. In both situations, with Nick and with the woman, confusion leads to a deeper conversation she's on the liquid literal meaning of water liquid Hmm. and she asked the question where's your bucket again liquid literal are you greater than the man who left us this well she said literal she she's focusing on what she can see what she can touch watch this what she has heard and what she knows 
That's why I love Jesus. He counterpunches again. This is a counterpunch to his counterpunch <laughs> to clarify the confusion. Look at verse 13. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water, the liquid stuff you're talking about, will get thirsty again. Verse 14, but whoever, that, whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never thirst or get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Verse 15, first clause, sir, give me this water. Oh, God, this is real. And I'm hoping, I'm praying as I have been praying. that someone listening is also longing for that water. Give me. This water, she says, the living water that Jesus promised essentially has two meanings. Literally, it refers to flowing water in contrast to stagnant water. Metaphorically, it refers to the cleansing and refreshing that is made possible by the grace gift of the Holy Spirit. See, when we're in relationship. With the Lord, through Jesus Christ, watch this. That living water will flow. And there is a satisfaction that you've never known before. There is a feeling that goes beyond a feeling. Because there is a confidence that you have because of the flow. Somebody say flow. Come on, type flow. Come on, type, type flow. So Jesus wants the woman and us to know that we have needs beyond what we can see or touch. Spiritual needs. Eternal needs. See, beloved, we, we focus too much on what we can see. We spend too much energy on what we can touch. Not fully understanding that our real needs go beyond touch. Here's a huge point that was affirmed in this passage. The closer we get to the return of Christ, and I need for you to know he is coming back. But the closer we get to the return of Christ, the farther the world is removed from addressing their deeper spiritual needs. And it's almost, it's not a sign, but it's almost a sign as I look at the world. The, the, the closer we get to his return, the farther the world is drifting, removed from addressing their deep spiritual needs. See, we're all aware of the void. Yet we try to fill it with everything except Jesus Christ. And then others of us try to attach, how oh, to, to affix, try to put Christ on top of other stuff. Not realizing that Jesus Christ does not attach. The only place that Jesus fits is at the center, at, at the rock on the throne you can't add Jesus to nothing a sprinkle of Jesus is like no Jesus at all 
So in our narrative, let, 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 me, let, me, let me press forward. In our narrative, the woman in this text, watch this, y'all. She is now ready. Listen to this. She says, give me this water. Oh, it's right there in the text. She says, give me this water. Her, her, her desires now are, are, are being fulfilled. Her, her curiosity is being addressed. She, she's at that point where Jesus' words and witness have proven to be effective. My God. Now, Jesus begins to dig in a little deeper. Look at verse 16. He says, um, yeah, uh, go, 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 go call your husband. And then come back, Hurl. Come on, Dallas folk, come back, Hurl. He said, go, go, go on. Go call your husband. I, I'll wait. I'll be right here. You go call him. And then you, then you, you come on back here. Y'all feel that? See, this is where the biblical Jesus, help me, Holy Spirit, is at odds with the worldly Jesus. Oh, God. See, the world says Jesus is all love and no hate. He accepts me as I am. This is partially true. Absolutely. He loves you as you are. And because he loves you as you are, Stephen Brown, he would never want you to remain as you are. If Jesus only came to love you and to leave you as you are, then why come in the first place? Do I have a witness up in here? This woman today helps us to see that Jesus comes to help us to live according to his standard. Oh, God, so he's not condemning her. He's delivering her. But he's not going to play around with the sin in her life nor the sin in your life. So we got we to do away with this. That I, 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 can just, I can just be me in Christ. He loves you too much to leave you as he found you. And with this woman in this, this narrative, he directly addresses her sin. And she knows it. And she comes clean. She's like, I ain't Ain't, ain't got no husband. He said, yeah, you're right. You've had a few, and even the one you're with now ain't yourn. I know that ain't no word, but it sure sound good. It ain't yourn. And at that moment, it was confirmed. She knew. I'm not just talking to an ordinary man. This is not just an ordinary prophet. We're going to deal more with that on, on Wednesday, but let me give you a few points that I really want you to walk home with. The first one is this, Jesus meets us where we are. I need you to believe and receive that. You don't have to jump through any hoops to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you've done that's so bad that it's going to make Jesus shun. 
But I told you before, sin is not just what we do. It's who we are. It's our nature. So don't even be focusing too much on the things you've done. Focus on the attitude of your heart. That that's on the inside. And know that Jesus meets us right where we are secondly. Jesus knows who we are and what we've done. (laughs) He asks her the question all in the passage you don't have to put on a front with Christ he'll receive you just as you are the song we used to sing just as I am without one plea Jesus meets us where we are Jesus knows who we are and what we've done thirdly Jesus loves us where We are. John 3, 16 from last week affirms his love for the whole world. You can't make him love you anymore and you can't make him stop loving you. He comes in love. Fourth and finally, Jesus loves us too much to leave us as he found us. He's not going to leave you the way he found you. I don't care how strongly you have these feelings. I don't care. I don't care what it is. If it goes against scripture, he's not going to leave you there. Now, he ain't going to fight you either. But he's not going to leave you there. And he's going to give you his spirit to empower you to address and deal with and overcome any and everything that's holding you captive. And I'm a living witness that it's real. I'm finished, but I I just, I want to pray for you. Let me give you these four things real quickly. Jesus meets us where we are. Jesus knows who we are and what we've done. Jesus loves us where we are. Jesus loves us too much to leave us as he found us. At the moment he asks the question, where's your husband? Go and get him and come come back. She knew that she was out of God's will for her life at that very moment. And she didn't get an attitude. See, culture has us getting attitudes about our sin. Don't get attitude. Don't believe the hype. I don't care what they tell you. If you're living outside of God's will, there is no peace there. I don't care what the sin is. There's no peace there. Let me pray for you. Father, in in the name of Jesus, we, we again celebrate the woman in this narrative. This woman of courage. This woman who Allow the Lord to minister to her. 
to demonstrate to her what love looks like. And Father, the courage she demonstrated by being transparent is the courage I ask for every person under the sound of my voice. Oh God, please. Please, Lord, help us to overcome the traps of the world. Father, you didn't send Jesus down here just so we can stay the same. That makes no sense. So we now know Jesus came to change, to transform. So, Father, this prayer is for those who have never received Christ and perhaps those who have already received Christ. Those of us who have received Christ, Lord, maybe we're holding on to something that you've delivered us from. Father, maybe we're trying to, to attach Jesus to a certain sin in our lives, trying to affix him to fit our desires. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for deliverance right now. I pray for honesty and transparency. I pray that the believers would know that Jesus came to change. And then, Father, for those who, who are still seeking and searching, they still haven't found what they're looking for. Lord, I ask in faith that you would prepare their hearts as the woman in our passage was prepared. Father, comparatively speaking, she owned up. And the text records her life transformation through Christ. Whereas on last Sunday, Nicodemus, eh, we have some suspicions that, yeah, he did, but not in John chapter 3. So, Father, right now, I'm praying with a sense of urgency for that man, woman, boy, or girl who've never made a decision to acknowledge that you are God and that you are God of love. That you have a plan for our lives. To own the fact that we are sinners by action and by nature. To believe that Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for our sins. And by doing so offers a plan of salvation for redemption to, to, to buy us back, to restore us to a relationship with you, Father. And that each of us must individually make a decision. We can't chance it. We can't put it on grandma and them. We can't piggyback into this relationship. Lord, help us to do it ourselves. It's an individual decision. So, Father, I pray now that you touch hearts. And Lord, we pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my heart and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Come into my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. 
according to your word. I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God some praise right there. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, come on, come on. Woo! We have some good church, y'all. Praise God.